Trans is just another way of being human. Philippines was very excited. There was about 300 of us who went through the conference. The major thing, I think, for me was the absolute revelation that really homophobia comes from the West and from the colonizers. After spending one year in prison, we went out under the pressure of the United States and the European Union. They made another judgment. And the second one, it was very clear. They said, we judge these people because they are homosexual. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappell. U.S. High Court Nixes review of pro-trans bathroom ruling, a look back at ILGA's first world conference in Asia, and a good Muslim busted for being a good gay. Those stories and more this week because you found this way out. I'm Joe Bainline. And I'm Sarah Montague. With Newswrap. A summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending January 20th, 2024. The United States Supreme Court ducked a chance to consider the rights of transgender young people on January 16th. The justices declined to hear a challenge to an appeals court ruling that allowed a transgender middle school boy to use the bathrooms that match his gender identity. The American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana represented the Martinsville, Indiana adolescent and his parents. They sued the Metropolitan School District of Martinsville in December 2021 for denying him access to the boys' bathrooms. Chicago-based 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled last August. It found the school district in violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and federal Title IX laws that prohibit discrimination in education based on gender. All trans students in Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin will benefit from the Supreme Court's refusal to hear the case in the Seventh Circuit's jurisdiction. Law dork editor Chris Geidner is a former Washington Blade reporter. He thinks it's now unlikely that the high court will consider any trans bathroom case until at least 2025. We're only halfway through the first month of 2024, and Republican-controlled U.S. state legislatures have already spawned a record number of deeply alarming anti-queer bills. The American Civil Liberties Union and other rights groups estimate the number between 275 and 300. The vast majority target the country's most vulnerable citizens, transgender young people. Several bills ban gender-affirming health care for trans patients under the age of 18. A few even limit trans adults' access to that care. There are bills to deny trans students access to bathrooms that match their gender identity and bans on trans girls and women competing in school sports. Still other bills restrict or ban the use of LGBTQ supportive educational materials or silence classroom discussions. The legislative avalanche is already outpacing some 500 anti-queer proposals that were introduced in Republican-dominated states last year. More than 80 of those became law, according to the ACLU. State and federal courts struck down gender-affirming care bans last year in Arkansas, Florida, Indiana, and Montana, the Hill reports. However, courts upheld bans in Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Texas. The Republican-controlled Missouri State Legislature was anti-trans ground zero on January 17th. 
On that single day, eight anti-trans bills were debated. Measures affecting access to gender-affirming health care and appropriate sex-segregated public facilities, as well as legal recognition of gender transitions. The Show Me State has shown its transphobic agenda with a total of 49 anti-trans bills in the House and Senate so far in January 2024. Rabbi Daniel Bogard has a 10-year-old transgender son. He came to testify against a bill as he has visited the state capitol many times. This time he said it was so that my son can poop at school without being bothered. He told the committee he was desperately trying to avoid moving his family from their ancestral hometown. He said, I'm begging you just to leave us alone. Then Bogard was asked to speak not as a dad, but as a rabbi. If you look at Jewish history, you will see that there has always been history of queer Jews. That there have always, for as long as there have been Jews, there have been trans Jews. We have normative understandings. The normative, regular, exegetical understanding of Adam, like Adam and Eve, is that Adam was born as one intersex, non-binary being with all the private parts. We have stories that suggest that Abraham and Sarah, this, these are 1,500-year-old Jewish texts I'm talking about, were, had fertility issues because they were intersex. There's a 1,600-year-old Midrash Jewish sacred text that suggests that Dina was originally going to be a man, and her mother prayed, and God transitioned her into a woman. There have always been queer Jews. We have stories of Jews in the shtetl in Ukraine 200 years ago transitioning and being accepted as men in a place where women wouldn't even count in a prayer quorum. I, you just have to look at Jewish history to see this. And look, the Mishnah, the basis of Jewish faith today, 1,800 years ago, describes six, seven, or eight different sexes that humans are. because. Being trans is just another way of being human. That was Rabbi Daniel Bogard of Missouri. Just what kind of smut does the Republican-controlled Idaho State House want to protect students from? The Committee on State Affairs advanced a bill this week to delineate materials that depict nudity or sexual excitement, sexual conduct or sadomasochistic abuse that, taken as a whole, is harmful to minors and ban any other material harmful to minors. Republican State Representative Julianne Young argued that material harmful to minors means books that depict what she calls acts of homosexuality, and that includes such shocking conduct as hand-holding, hugging, or kissing. Other representatives called all LGBTQ supportive educational materials grooming books that might teach children to be queer. Last year, the vague Any Other Harmful to Minors provision led Republican Governor Brad Little to veto a similar book ban. That language remains, but lawmakers are hoping that the more explicit House Bill 384 will pass Little's muster. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott also claims that he's protecting students from sexually explicit and vulgar materials, but a three-judge panel of the New Orleans-based 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals disagrees. It affirmed a lower court injunction this week to temporarily block enforcement of a law Abbott signed last June. The law requires vendors to rate each of their books for sexually explicit and sexually relevant content to the Texas Education Agency. 
Of course, anything LGBTQ supportive is a prime target. At his bill signing ceremony last June, Abbott crowed that he was signing a law that gets that trash out of our schools. The Fifth Circuit upheld U.S. District Court Judge Don Willett's August ruling that a challenge to those provisions is likely to succeed on constitutional free speech grounds. A plethora of plaintiff organizations, businesses, and individuals engaged in the case called the Appeals Court Affirmation a good day for bookstores, readers, and free expression. Taiwan now has its first proudly queer federal lawmaker. 30-year-old Hang Jia won Kaohsiung's sixth district seat in the legislative yuan in national elections on January 13th. Huang is a member of the leftist Democratic Progressive Party, like newly elected president Li Qingta, a vocal LGBTQ ally. Hong was elected to the city council in the southern Taiwanese city in 2018. She leapt into public spotlight with her reaction to statements made by the mayor during a council session a year later. She's been thereafter known online as the Queen of Eye Rolling. Juan promised in her victory speech to safeguard the well-being of Kaohsiung and work to make it a place that shines internationally. Finally, I'm gonna give you my heart Cause you're a sky, cause you're a sky full of stars Cause you light up the pot Irish Cabinet Minister Jack Chambers came out in an Instagram post this week He's a member of the center-right Fianna Foyle, and his ministerial portfolio includes the Departments of Transport and Environment, Climate, and Communications. Accompanied by a slideshow with a soundtrack from Coldplay's A Sky Full of Stars, Chambers proclaimed, I am fortunate that Ireland is a country that has made so many strides in recent years, becoming a much more inclusive and equal society, to the extent that the sharing of this information is becoming increasingly Unremarkable. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending January 20th, 2024. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Sarah Montague. Stay healthy. And I'm Joe Bainline. Stay safe. Hi, this is Greg Luganis. I'm Margaret Cho. I'm John Ritchie. This is Edmund White. Hi, I'm Kate Quinton. Hello, I'm Armistead Maupin. I'm Clive Barker. This is Judy Shepard. Hello, this is Ian McKellen. I'm Jerry Jewell. I'm Stephen Fry. I'm Harvey Milk. Hi, this is Janice Ian. My name's Robbie Rogers. This is Essex Hemphill. I'm Ellen DeGeneres. I'm Tab Hunter. I'm Billy Bean. This is John Cameron Mitchell. Hello, I'm Bruce Valange. This is Bishop Gene Robinson. I'm Reverend Foy Perry. I'm Robbie Kaplan. I'm Andrew Sullivan. This is Augustine Burroughs. I'm Barney Frank. I'm Cleve Jones. My name is Kate Kendall. 
I'm Dan Savage. I'm B.D. Wong. This is Dorothy Alice. I'm Patricia Nell Warren. I'm Amanda Burst. Hi, I'm Daryl Stevens, and you've discovered This Way Out. This Way Out. This Way Out. The showpiece of the homosexual movement. The international radio show for all our sexually diverse communities. How dare they? And those who love them. You ain't gonna get this nowhere else. Oh, my. That's the truth. Please do stay tuned. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. you. I have been judged by the name of Islam. And this was the problem because they didn't judge me only as a homosexual, but as a healer, like someone he don't believe in any God, someone he don't believe in anything. So this was the first thing that I have been judged for. A call to a different prayer later in the program. We are its modest beginnings in 1978, ILGA has emerged as an influential human rights organization with official standing at the United Nations. The International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans, and Intersex Association is made up of more than 1,900 organizations from 160 countries divided into six regions, Pan-Africa, Europe, Latin America, and the Caribbean, North America, Oceania, and Asia. Manila was the site of ILGA's 22nd World Conference in 2004, the first such event in Asia. This way out, Sydney, Australia correspondent Uma Kali Shakti attended the conference and told her 2SRFM Gay Waves compatriot Michael Shembri about the issues it covered. Uma, I suppose you're pretty happy to be back after a couple of hectic weeks in the Philippines. Absolutely. It's been, well, actually, I've really enjoyed myself there. Um, I was at the ILGA conference from the 14th to the 18th of November and there were people from uh, huge um, representation, when I say huge compared to the rest of the world, from Europe, uh, from Canada and the US and then there were people from the Pacific, uh, quite a large delegation from India um, and a few other countries through Asia. We didn't have much representation from Latin America and we had only two people from Zimbabwe which was quite interesting. That was the only African representation. Nobody from South Africa? Uh, No, it was Zimbabwe. Nobody from South Africa, no. Amazing. Um, And we covered many, many issues. We looked at ILGA and the United Nations institutions, human rights, law and governance, men and discrimination, women's issue in the LGBT movement, transgender persons, youth, um, rights in Asia. Um, we had some wonderful performance evenings, which is apparently not a feature of ILGA normally. Sexual politics and social justice movements, risk and romance and gay sex in the era of HIV AIDS, 
LGBT in difficult environments, asylum on migration, coming out together, the role of friends and family, LGBT issues in the trade unions, achieving same-sex marriage through legislation. We had a wonderful torch parade, so the Philippines was very excited. There was about 300 of us there, and uh, two to 300 people. Um, who went through the conference, so at any one time I would say there was about 200. And so it was a very international torch parade night. Uh, we looked at gender, health and AIDS, culture, family and religion, bisexual issues, theatres for advocacy, south to out, south, LGBT issues in, in the newer nations of LGBT countries, visible pride, pride as advocacy, media friend of foe, um, so as you can see, there was like a huge was a... amount. But I think probably the most important thing was the Brazilian le resolution, the next 25 years of activism. We had called Claudia Roth, MP and Human Rights Commissioner in the Foreign Office from Germany there, and she gave a fantastic closing address. And, um, and we had, as I said, um, strategizing for the United Nations Commission on Human Rights, including the Brazilian, Brazilian resolution. Right. And basically, that's Brazil has brought to the United Nations um, a resolution about changing the laws to do with sexuality. And that's because of the new government. That's the right. Party. And in fact, it's caught everyone on the hop. We had a Brazilian rep who got there very late at the conference for various reasons. And he said even the local LGBT organizations there were completely startled when this happened, you know, it just came completely um, off-centre, if you see what I mean, mm -hmm. and no-one knew that was going to happen. Even uh, uh, Ilga was caught short. They had a 25-year plan to get it in. So we're all very excited. Australia is one of the countries that's going, is part of the group that's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And what we want to try and do is agitate for all the uh, other countries that may be able to support the uh, countries that are at, that are actually going to be involved in getting this resolution up. Excellent. The major thing, I think, for me was the absolute um, revelation that really homophobia comes from the West and from the colonisers. As we got together, as we get together internationally, it becomes more and more clear that actually prior to that there wasn't a major issue in our cultures and that many are left with a legacy of colonial governments and colonial mentality and laws um, that, that aren't necessarily always used against us, but are on the books. And if for any other political reason, if any of us are activists, not necessarily just around sexuality issues, but other things, so the government can use the law, existing homophobic laws against us. Umakali Shakti told Michael Shembri about the ILGA World Conference in 2004 and the excitement generated by Brazil's UN resolution against sexual orientation discrimination. That resolution was finally passed by the UN Human Rights Council 10 years later. ILGA will hold its 31st World Conference in November of this year in Cape Town, South Africa. It will be hosted by the Johannesburg LGBT Media Advocacy Group, Iranti, and Gender Dynamics, Africa's first organization focusing solely on transgender and gender-diverse communities. Isn't life gay? 
Isn't life the perfect thing to pass the time away? There's nothing so international as a powerful idea. Hi, I'm Edmund White. While I live in Paris and have worked in many cities in the U.S., it is the overwhelming international flavor of the lesbian and gay rights movement that has proved so powerful and impressive over the past couple of decades. And one radio program, This Way Out, has been there to record, to inform, and to entertain. So please keep listening to This Way Out, the international lesbian and gay radio magazine on this station. The biggest queer news story out of Egypt in 2001 was the raid on the Queen Boat, a well-known gay venue in Cairo. 23 men were arrested for debauchery or offenses against public morality. Their sentences range from one to five years hard labor. 28-year-old Mazen was one of them. When he got out of prison 15 years ago this month, he spoke with Radio Netherlands human rights reporter Jonathan Gruber. I've been arrested outside of this discotheque and I have spent one year in jail because of my homosexuality. I have been judged by the name of Islam and this was the problem because they didn't judge me only as a homosexual but as a healer, like someone who don't believe in any God, someone who don't believe in anything. So this was the first thing that I have been judged for. We have been tried twice. The first one, it was in 2001. And the second one, it was in 2003, because after one year, spending one year in prison, we went out under the pressure of the United States and the European Union. They made another judgment. And the second one, it was very clear. They said, we judge these people because they are homosexual. During his year in prison, Mazen was raped by the guards. After his release, he knew that he had to keep quiet about his ordeal. Nobody knows that I've been judged except my family. It wasn't all my family as well. It was only my mother, which was, was supporting me because she believed in me. She believed that I'm a good guy. And she believed even... I'm someone who believes in God. I was a very, very good Muslim, and I'm still. But I was practicing that more than right now. She knew that I'm not doing this thing because, as I told you, the first crime it was that we don't believe in God, we don't believe in Quran, and we are not Muslim. She believed that I'm not that guy who do this stuff. She told to me, I know that you are not what they said, but are you homosexual? Because they make a relation between the homosexuality and all these things. And my answer was no, of course, because I'm not saying to my mother, even if she knows, she knows. But we never talk about that. When the Egyptian authorities tried to try him a second time, Mazen fled the country. He applied for asylum in France, and he's been living there ever since. 
Despite everything he's been through, Mazen has not rejected Islam and reconciles his homosexuality and his belief this way. As a Muslim, as a gay Muslim, I cannot say more than this. I'm a gay and I'm a Muslim. I'm accepting my homosexuality as I'm leaving my Islam. It's... It's not allowing it, but for me, I believe in God, and I believe that in something, God made me like this, and I'm, you know, I'm a creation of God. He chose to make me homo. It's something we're born with. Or you're born homo, or you're not born homosexual. So for me, it's something like this. This is what I believe. Being homosexual, it's not a crime. As soon as you don't hurt anybody, as soon as you don't kill anybody, as soon as you don't lie, as soon as you don't do crimes, so you're a good guy and you do what you believe in. And I still believe in God. I'm still doing what God asked me to do and I'm still living my homosexuality. I completely agree with that. If I'm trying to do something right now, it's like to stop arresting people, stop making from the homosexuality a crime. This is a struggle and that's what I'm going to try to do. And that's what I will do for, I think, for the rest of my life. I don't know how to tell you, but it's a very difficult fight. Very difficult. But I have accepted, so no choice right now. I can go back. Little has changed in Egypt in the 15 years since Mazen's imprisonment. Queer people can still be jailed for up to three years for homosexual activity and may be placed in special reformatory when they are released. Positive reporting on LGBTQ issues is banned and activists are arrested for merely raising rainbow flags. Meanwhile, more and more Muslim scholars are arguing that there is a supportive place for LGBTQ people in Islam. Come on to the theater! An actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane. A watch of gold with a diamond chain. I'm diddly day. An actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity. An actor's life for me. Every actor worth his salt strives to be honest and true in his portrayals on the stage or screen. Hello, this is Ian McKellen, and that's exactly what This Way Out does as well. Right here on this station. Hi, I'm Brian DeShazer, CEO of This Way Out and chair of Overnight Productions, Inc., the parent nonprofit organization that operates this weekly program, free to non-commercial radio stations worldwide since April 1st of 1988. We are one step closer to preserving our collection through digitizing old reel-to-reel tapes and cassette tapes and entering them in the research catalogs at UC Santa Barbara, libraries, special collections, and the Library of Congress. We are already engaged with the Radio Preservation Task Force Gender and Sexuality Caucus at the Library of Congress to create projects to include the collection in research projects for university media and gender studies courses. If you would like to know more about this project or become involved, please email us at info at 
Here's to queer history. Finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Joe Bainline and Sarah Montague, produced by Brian DeShazer. Our archival correspondents were Michael Shembri and Radio Netherlands' Jonathan Gruber. Our thanks to Eric Beauchemin. Coldplay, Yusuf, Cat Stevens, Joel, Idris Marikar, and Sam Cooke performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This way out thanks Harry Richardson and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us about how you can join them. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts and on KOPN Columbia, Missouri, WHYR Baton Rouge, Louisiana, CJLY Sloan Valley, New Denver, Nelson Crawford Bay, British Columbia, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.